welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Tonight, I'm delighted to welcome along Jimmy Strachan from the band Sensitive Souls. Good to have you on, mate. How's it going? That's good, man. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Uh, nearly at the weekend. Uh, and again, another podcast that has been lined up for, for quite some time and delighted to, to finally get it over the line and get it sorted. You've had a, a busy time recently. You've released your, your second single, Maybe There's More Than This. How's things going for the band and how are you feeling about things just now? It's really exciting right now because all I've done over the last like, year is write stuff, write new music, obviously because of lockdown. But it's exciting now because we're recording like, our stuff ourselves. So it's like we are doing everything and we're promoting it and that as well. So, And it seems to be good feedback. Like, more feedback now than the first song we released last year, but as it's really exciting. For those that haven't heard Sensitive Souls, how would you describe your your style and your, your sound? You you do seem to have had a, a really positive response to, to this latest single. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's hard to narrow it down, kind of into like a, like a style. I would kind of say it's more aimed at like indie folk rock, but majority of it is kind of like highly influenced by like a lot of Scottish bands as well. Uh, like myself and Mark, we've got similar tastes in music, but he's he loves like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff, and I can go and love like The Doors, Bob Dylan, so it's so all different, but the, the lyrics and stuff, that kind of comes from just being Scottish. And the one thing I noticed about uh, Maybe There's More Than This is it was recorded all on your own and and your flat. Tell us about the effort involved in getting a song like that to the point of release. It must be a real kind of labour of love at points where Aye. you've got to have that determination and, and belief in yourself that you can you can push it into a, a wider audience. It was just a sort of way of life. Like I've got a young daughter, so I try to find whatever free time I've got as well as maybe try to like, rehearse with Mark or but to try and record it, it was like every Saturday. We, as soon as we released A Man's Best Friend, it was the same process uh, every Saturday. My daughter was at my parents, so I had that free that free night So every Saturday for about... That's why it took five months to bring this one out. Just try to find the time amongst life. And the song was actually wrote, I think, before COVID, 2019. And I think I, re- I recorded a lot of acoustic version and put it on my Facebook and stuff. But it was always something to come back to and record that with my brother and try and put a sound around it because that's pretty much the idea of all the music. It was to have a lot of band sound. But it was exciting. It was brilliant. I enjoyed every moment of it. That was a question I had kind of lined up for a wee bit later on, but you've taken us on quite nicely there. The From following you on social media... It's noticeable that you are very much a family man. As you mentioned there, you've got a young daughter as well. That must add, when you balance that in with with work and such like as well, it must be a hell of a balancing act at times. Some, it's a good, sometimes it's a good balance. Sometimes, obviously, when it results in something good happening to it, it's, it's the best feeling ever. But obviously, when something doesn't work for it, it's kind of just annoying because it's like you're trying your hardest to get something amongst working and like raising a child and stuff like that but I think if you love something like enough and you've got 
you know you've got enough passion within, like you'll you'll find some sort of time and some sort of way of getting stuff done. Yeah, I suppose the other element of that is it can be a wee bit of a a form of escapism, I guess, if, Aye, if you've got right. your music or your writing to, to go away to and, and kind of indulge yourself in. Aye, no, definitely it is an escapism. It's just, it's, it's a release. So when something good comes from it, it's, as I said, it's like the best feeling. It's the best feeling. And they play the, the new singles got as well. That must be really exhilarating given that you've, as, you, as we've talked about there, you've you've recorded it in your own flat, you possibly at the, the harder points of, of writing it and recording it, couldn't have envisaged mm-hmm. that it gets to the stage where it's been played on uh, in national radio? No, because like the song, as I said, it took us five months to do this one, but we were only really recording it like one day a week because it was only available time. But like, it could have been recorded maybe like two months ago, but it was just that doubting yourself like I, I got to a point where I was listening to that song back like, for, like every other day and I'm thinking that doesn't sound right or but that's because you were you're so kind of sucked into trying to record it trying to get it to where you want it to go and then at the same time you're starting to think you're starting to pick out flaws but that might not even be there but I think it's just you need to step step away from it for like, a couple of days or even hours but once you go back to kind of think some of the problems they were only there it was like you're just maybe overthinking it and but to get it on to get it to go on radios and that like I didn't expect such a good response for it like in playlists and that as well so it's been brilliant to see that and it makes all that hard work feel like worthwhile that there's people that like it and people that will put it out for more for more ears to like, listen. Yeah hundred percent and that's that's something that is someone that doesn't have a musical bone in their body, I must confess. <laughs> I, I I find that really interesting, the fact that, and I suppose it, it's, it's kind of like, I, I can only compare it to something like editing this, where sometimes I'm thinking, what am I talking about? Or I've maybe heard wee bits of an interview where I think I, I don't like that. Or, But you've listened to it time and time again. You almost get too close to something and you need to take that backwards step or, or let someone else hear it. I think it's I think it's the same for everybody like, in different ways. Like you could, you could be doing something for so long, and you get to a point where you think there's there could be stuff there, but really all you had to do was just step down, like step away from it for a, a, a moment. Yeah, it's, it's almost the kind of like uh, not being able to see the, the wood for the trees. Uh, it's, it's like you start to forget like the good that you've actually like you've already achieved, or you've, the good stuff that you've done. You start to more focus on like a negative part, but it's always becomes better to just step away from it and then when you go back to it, you start to feel a bit more fresh to where, to where you want to take it. What about the dynamic of of recording with your brother and being in a band with your brother? The the family ties uh, and the family man status is just going <laughs> to continue throughout this podcast, but you, uh, how, how's the relationship there and, and how much do you enjoy the opportunity to write and record with your brother? I, I, I must admit, uh, like when we grew up, my mum and my mum my used to call us like the, the Gallica brothers because we used to fight when we were younger. But as we've got elder, I think as each birthday comes and that, we've become even closer as like, our best friends as well as obviously brothers. But I do, I, I love I love working uh, on music with my brother Mark because 
he he was actually in a band with me. We formed a band years ago. We had like we played gigs in like the ABC and stuff, the car house. So and he was only like sixteen, so he was like young going into it, and I was maybe like twenty. But then he's kind of fell out of love with music. So for years, when I've been doing my solo stuff, I've always been trying to kind of bring him to a gig and just, and he always felt that kind of way where he was like, oh, I wish I was doing a gig. So the mere gigs I'd done, he came and he's like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, honestly, he's like, I could miss it. But then now, when obviously COVID happened, there was, I couldn't do any gigs or that. Can they, I felt there was a point where I couldn't really write much because I felt like, where's it got to go? When's gigs got to happen? Uh, but like, working with Mark through lockdown, when material and then recording uh, last year with him as well but i have loved every minute and he's brilliant at what he does because he's he's actually the one that puts probably the most time and effort into these new songs because he's taking it's his computer it's his laptop because his laptop's better than mine to actually record stuff and he'll take it away and he'll mix it like through the week and he'll send me the a version and go what do you think of this and then i might just say oh, maybe like something needs turned up a wee bit or that's maybe too quiet the vocals are something but he does all the, the harder work with mixing it. Because I think if I had to try and mix a song, I think I would just fall into that place where I'm, I don't know where it's gone and, and is it worthwhile, but he's remained strong and actually just battered it out of the part and just came up with the two songs that we've done so far. And he's obviously wanting to add me to the band as well. He wants, I've been trying to persuade him into like backing vocals and stuff. And But working with my brother has been, it's been a joy, a definite joy. When we were mentioning the, the radio play and being featured in Spotify playlists and such like, the the one noticeable thing about the kind of Scottish music community, especially on the likes of Twitter just now, is that everyone really goes to bat for each other. They're, they've all got each other's back and are trying to kind of push other people's work to a, a wider audience. That, that gives you a really good platform, doesn't it, to, to kind of expand and get more years on the product? Definitely. I think you need to be there for each other because I think if, if everybody was more focused on getting themselves to the top and just no really bother with anybody else, but see, once you've got a community that all here and they actually want to help everybody try and get to where they want to be, it's like this, it's magic because there's no, I don't think there's many communities like that apart from like the the Scottish music scene because everybody's just so supportive of each other and it's just it's always been like that you know what I mean the, the one thing on the other hand that I have noticed in recent weeks is there's a few bands have mentioned the kind of struggle with first and foremost getting on bills for gigs uh, despite the fact that it seems like in any given night in Glasgow just now there's half a dozen different gigs that you would quite like to go to, but it's getting up, that next step of getting on the bill, but also getting people along. Now there's obviously still reservations amongst many, and that's not something that should be staggered at as far as I'm concerned. I can understand why people are still a wee bit reluctant to get to get back out Boy, there, no. given the circumstances of the last couple of years. But it, for instance, the Silver Har and uh, Kate McCabe, Gig at Room 2 at the start of May is, is in a wee bit of doubt because of poor ticket sales. They, it's, it's kind of twofold, this question. Firstly, are you finding the same kind of barriers to get these opportunities initially to get gigs? And then secondly, I, 
are you aware of that kind of scepticism that exists amongst the the music buying public just now that they're, they're maybe a wee bit reluctant to to go out as regularly as they were before the pandemic? I can understand people being reluctant to go out and maybe just want to be a bit, just be careful and stuff. I understand that, but we're we're on the same kind of fold. We are struggling to get bettings. Like we've we planned on trying to get set a few months ago, like acoustic. And it was just kind of, uh, I tried to message a few people in that and I thought, oh, is that like somebody will come back, but it's just, they'll get back to me kind of thing. They'll, they'll let us know when certain suits, so we've not really had any joy. And we tried again, like maybe last week. But hopefully, we're hoping to get certain soon, but we're kind of in the same boat, trying to get certain lined up. It puts a lot of pressure on, I would imagine, that when you're putting that much endeavour in. Silver hair. And I saw it later on in the year and, and just really kind of blew me away. It was a brilliant night at uh, 13th Note. And you just, you want all the best for these people. It, it just, it's hard to kind of accept that, <laughs> that the crowds aren't really coming back as much as I thought, which is kind of different from my experience. And most gigs I've been at since September of last year, I've kind of felt that they've been more Crowded and kind of it's felt like a, a really good atmosphere, but it, it was quite uh, disheartening almost to hear that that stuff like that is, is in doubt. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I I try and encourage as many people, like friends, work colleagues, uh, families, uh, other people in the music industry. I try to, to persuade them to like <clears throat> to go and see other unseen bands because. I've got all my pals now that want to spend a hundred odd pounds to go and see the Chili Peppers. And I love the Chili Peppers and Matt loves the Chili Peppers, but like you can see hundreds of bands within Glasgow for the price of that. Like you can see probably 10 gigs, 15 gigs for the price of like, a ticket to go to a muddy field and you'll complain about it. But I don't know. I don't know why. It's just, it goes so quiet at times. Obviously I can understand obviously with COVID and stuff, but uh, I think there'd be a bit of encouragement to go and support like people that you know are in bands and solo artists and that at, and we venues throughout Scotland throughout the UK I mean it'd be it does exist the same so all their effort and whatever throughout lockdown writing songs and that by the time they go and do a gig it's a good feeling to walk out and know that these people are all coming back to support you Yeah again I, I, I agree wholeheartedly there it's the point you make about the, the stadium gigs is is really relevant. You can get a a Coldplay, a, a Chili's, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, they come and do the, the same tried and tested routine and charge a hundred quid for it at a time. Where oh, it's no. just like, even that the dictator, uh, 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 dictator and Arcade State supporting the Raz last week. I think it was eleven quid. Uh, and you just think you'll never get the opportunity to see bands of that ilk playing together for that mm. price uh, in the long term. But while you've got that opportunity, that I would urge people to try and get out there and, and soak it up because there's something really invigorating about discovering oh, new music as well. That, I, I think that's what people need to... A lot of people need to remember, like, fair enough, that maybe they want to go and see the big, big bands and stadiums and stuff because they've not been able to see them for years because of COVID as well. But then a lot of people forget that 
these bands were unsigned at one point, they were unknown. So like the next generation of music, not just Scotland, obviously just throughout the world, you know and I mean like the next generation comes through that unsigned and your local scene and stuff. Like you see bands like the Snuts, like they were like they've been growing and growing and growing and they've went massive. But like there's so much there is so much good music out there and it's 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 sad to see that a lot of people I was the same. I played a gig last um my first gig back for COVID was last August in them too. And it felt like I was like nearly at times begging like even close people just to to make sure because you were worrying that nobody was gonna come after such a long period of no gigs at all. But that's where like that's where you've got to find the next chili peppers, your next like big, big bands at these kind of uh, smaller gigs before they uh, they get noticed. Yeah, and the other side of it as well is that it's there's so much work that's going into to these gigs. Uh, it's not the the story that there's uh, huge backers and huge labels and uh, promotions companies behind them. They're they're doing everything off their own back, and they deserve they deserve the back, and they really do. Can you tell us a bit about the first single, "A Man's Best Friend"? It was one right. that I kind of came on from our radar last year. Uh, it was following being on John's podcast. Uh, and aye, that, aye. It's, um, it's one that I very much enjoy. And the, the lyrics certainly kind of stand out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, well, that was obviously the first single that we released under Sensitive Souls. And we felt it was the right thing. Just because it was me and my brother, because we had it, it all kind of developed from our family, our family dog we've had for like fucking 16, 17 years. He was a pup, and obviously he passed away. I think it was September time. So we decided I had this song called A Man's Best Friend. It was a song influenced in the connection between Charlie, the dog, and my father. They were like, Everywhere they went, they went. My dad would take him everywhere. Uh, like you would never see, maybe they would see my dad without Charlie being by him. So I wrote, I, I just thought, as a, I've never seen my dad so kind of a gutted and heartbroken by something. I've grew up, never really seen that side of my father. So I seen that and I thought, it'd be a nice wee touch for us to release a song and release it under us. And the artwork is actually a picture of when my dad and Charlie were away, I think it was camping up north. So that's the other artwork as well. So like whenever my dad would listen to it, it would come up with a picture of him with Charlie. So it was like a personal release. It wasn't really like, it wasn't planned to be released that way, but it's just a way it came out. No, it's great, mate. And it's, uh, it's something that certainly struck a chord with myself. Uh, not as much in recent times, uh, now that we're in Glasgow and the evil landlady won't allow us to have a dog, but we still kind of sneak one in every so often. Uh, do a wee bit of dog sitting. It's, uh, I, I think they're the most therapeutic beings in the world, aren't they? Oh, I, 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 can, I still remember the days growing up, uh, living at my parents, and there's been many, like, many nights that you just, just wind it, like three o'clock in the morning, you're just, just feeling like shit, and you just sit in the stair with the dog, and it's just, there's something about it. I just like a, a sense of magic where you just feel a wee, a wee boost 
you don't feel as bad now, you know, like, they're always got to be there. But they're not always got to be there, but I mean, they're always got to be there for you when you need like, company, basically. Uh, essentially, they're always on your side. I should have mentioned yeah. there, John Nicholson's podcast, Four Songs and a Dream. Jamie was on it last year, I'm sure it was. Uh, definitely, if you get the opportunity to to listen to that, do check it out. Uh, it's very, very good. Moving it on, you've been quite candid on, on social media and, and certainly not shy at wearing your heart on your sleeve, mentioning matters such as mental health struggles. Being as, as open and honest about that is something that I consider very, very brave, mate. They, what, uh, what encouraged you to speak out? And do you feel that that is kind of almost something that, that can potentially help others as well, just being honest and, and upfront and just putting your hands up sometimes and saying, listen, I'm struggling? Aye. I, I, I think for years, just like any other normal person, just grew up with kind of like bottling it, putting it away. I never really turned, like people, obviously they've got their ways of getting through things and that, but I just kind of just kept pushing it away. I think I said, we'll be fine. Didn't really think it would come to it, but then I think at an early age of like 15, 16, I just felt like terrible all the time. But I feel, you feel better for kind of trying to speak about it because I think looking back on when you wouldn't speak about things or you would just push it all away, it kind of obviously, it developed into feeling good about actually talking about it and letting other people know it's good to talk because it is important. No, it certainly is. And I, I think that, that kind of artists and musicians can sometimes give off a wee bit of a an aura, I suppose, that it's so outgoing and confident and almost not having a care in the world. So to to kind of knock down your own barriers and and be as candid as, as you have been at times, I think that's inspiring in itself, mate. So, yeah, really do tip my hat to you. I don't have a hat on at the moment, but if I did, I certainly would be doing that. No, I just I just think it's important for people to talk in whatever way they feel. I, I kind of feel more comfortable these days, me try to put it in my music than jumping onto social media and just ranting sometimes. But it, it actually works because sometimes you think to yourself, you know what, it's good that you know that there's people there and people will support you and have your back. I, I think it's it's sort of a... Social media can be a blessing and a curse at times. I, I can sometimes log in to Twitter and then within a couple of minutes know that I'm not going to be on it for another week. I'll I see something that annoys me or upsets me and I, I'll maybe look at a couple of replies and that'll get my back up more or I'll feel myself kind I of, I don't know, slipping almost and, and I'll shut the app off, I'll delete the app and then you'll see me in eight or nine days. Uh, but it's there's other things that, that can be really uplifting. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely, it's, it's, I think that's important as well to be able to just step away for a bit. Because I think if you're too indulged in it, it, it does, it eats away at you. And as you said, you see something, like, you'll see something positive some days, you think that's bad. Like you'll see the the music kind of in the community, like everybody's top class. But then the other days you'll see the toxic negative side and that, and you just you need to kind of take a, a step away for that as well. And it actually does, it, it works, works well. At this point of the podcast, Jamie, 
I like to ask the guests for two or three Scottish bands or artists that the listeners may or may not have heard of uh, that you very much enjoy listening to and would like to give a, a wee bit of a shout out for. Have you got a couple up your sleeve? Uh, that's a good feel. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have, more people have heard of them because they're just getting, they're getting bigger. Like, uh, a bank out rest. Uh, got the honour of supporting them a couple of years ago in Edinburgh in uh, the We Red Bar. And that was, I think, when I was releasing their first album. So I got like that privilege. And since then, I've just kind of grew to be like, a big fan of them. And they want more people to listen to them. They remind me of Frightened Abbott as well. So that's why I love them dearly. See, I've got a playlist. I've actually got a playlist of a lot of people that have been adding into it. It's like just a, it's like a Scottish community playlist. Um, there's a bunch here. A band called Hippie as well, actually. They're from Glasgow. It's just uh, Hugh and Paul, two acoustic guitar and vocals. They're kind of like an indie, I'd say indie rock as well. Like their music's, the way they are, they know it's kind of similar to, to me and Mark as well. It's like they're recording their songs as a band, but they're playing their gigs as acoustic now, they know. So I'd recommend people listen to Hippie and... Even Dictator, Dictator, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger. They support it, Las Vegas, and as you said, the Raz as well. So it's, it's good to see, it would be good to for me to see them, and then they just keep getting bigger. Well, Connor so Fife as well. Yeah, he's enjoying a great time just now, isn't he? He's, uh, he's a, he's a Lanarkshire boy like us as well, so he's he's just grew and grew. And he's, I remember like, open, I had an open mic nights a couple of years ago and that, and he was doing the same stuff in the same place in that day and it's, it's amazing to see how how they're growing and people are loving it and they deserve everything they deserve all that popularity because they're working hard and getting music out and it's good music too so it's good to see the rewards and it's evident from our conversation tonight that you're certainly really devoting so much time and effort to your music what comes next for the sensitive souls in terms of what do you hope happens in the, the not too distant and what have you got kind of lined up or up your sleeve for the next kind of three to four months? Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping next to basically and like we're still trying as we were talking about earlier to get a gig but we're hoping to have something to announce because as you we were talking about when you release a song you don't really want it to like I mean like just nothing else comes for it all you can do is kind of just like get people to listen to it and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah almost so kind of, it almost kind of needs to be like a kind of vehicle to to something else. You you, you can't really gauge the reaction solely through social media, I would suppose. And to get to play it live and see people's reaction in the flesh must be like a just, really kind of exciting process. Um, we're just hoping to get a gig. That's our next plan, but yeah, I think. This weekend, we've got him a bit of record a couple of kind of live sessions. So maybe might just do the two singles and then a couple of covers, but we're hoping maybe in the next couple of weeks to start recording uh, single number three, as well as we've got, pla- we've got more plans. I've, I've planned out like an EP and that, but we're, we're just trying to be realistic and we're not going to be able to record an EP in a couple of months, so it'll be like, it'll probably be another single coming out next. But hopefully a gig and the reason it's acoustic is because it's really hard to find 
like bass players. I think I think bass players are hard to find, man. So we're hoping to do a couple of gigs, release a single again, and hope on the way we'll have a lot of bass player to add into the band, and then we'll we'll be performing as like a full sounded sense of souls. Jamie, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure speaking oh, to yeah. you. Your uh, your enthusiasm for your work is is really kind of captivating, and I wish you nothing but all the best for for whatever comes next. Oh, thanks a lot, Andy, for uh, bringing us on here, man. It's been well overdue, but I'm happy that we've done it now. That's it, and we'll definitely do something again in the, the not too distant. Just a, a final yeah, one man. before we go. Uh, I'd like to take a wee bit of an opportunity to thank everyone that's been in touch in the last couple of days. The podcast somehow has been featured in a an upcoming article in List magazine, uh, which is based around Scottish podcasts. There's points where I genuinely have to pinch myself that anybody listens to to me asking know, ridiculous questions and my guests struggling to answer them uh, coherently because of how ridiculous my questions are. But it's a, it's a massive oh. honour and I'm absolutely delighted to, to oh, have a bit of recognition. It's good, it's good to, that you can see, you're seeing that, how good it's actually, the, the podcast has been. Because it's easy to fall back and just think to yourself, I don't think this is, like there's people enjoying this and stuff, but then once you see the wee rewards, you start to believe that you're like, no, I've got something good here. So you deserve, you deserve all the, the credit, Andy, for all that. Oh, it's it's certainly it's certainly something I love doing and getting that wee bit of recognition. It was uh, it goes far as saying it was emotional, but it certainly uh, took me back a wee bit and, and just made me think that something that kind of grew out of a wee bit of boredom and an idea over a couple of beers on a, a Saturday night has has led to this point. But yeah, exceptionally proud and and thanks for the kind words as well, mate. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it just shows you how much it means to you that when the emotional bit gets to you, that's when you know it, it matters to you. So, bit growing for that, we occasional like a few beers and then doing the podcast, and that's where it's came to now. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, mate. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. I'll be back in a week's time. Until then, thank you and goodbye.
Maybe there's more than 